The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Brought to you in part by BPC. It's the best Portuguese chicken in the Toronto area. BPC. Slinging chickens since 2010. And by DeMarlo Salon and Spa of Naples. Hair, nails, massage and skin care for more than 15 years at the Naples location. What do baby elephants do that children do? Is it true that crabs change their shells? Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way to scour the internet for all this crazy information you really, really don't need. So thank you for joining us on this second season as we discover more useless information and this in every other episode of Totally Useless Information. It's everything you never needed to know by listening once a week. You'll get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, here we are, yes. Another episode in the second season. Season two, can you believe it? It's amazing, folks. Season number two of Totally Useless Information. I'm so proud. Well, we, we yes, we're very, very proud. Now, here's the thing. So... We're a couple of episodes in, but in this second season, we're going to introduce a brand new segment. People have asked, can you talk about sex? Oh, yes, we can. Yes, we can. (laughs) Now now that we got your attention, remember that? Sex, now that we have your attention. So, of course, we decided Mm -hmm. to uh, explore all the things about sex. Now, just so that you know, we're still a PG podcast. There's nothing explicit here. You know, this is, we're not going to get... Says you. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, and so you, you may learn some stuff. Uh, we will for sure, but we will not cross the line. But you never know. But what we did was, well, we wrote a jingle. And here's how it goes. Oh, yeah. All about sex. Funky, huh? <laughs> Did now, you say funky? Funky, F-U-N-K-Y. <laughs> yes. Now, when we passed uh, this uh, this new segment by our lawyers, they said, well, first of all, we have to go find lawyers. And then they said, we need to play a disclaimer because we need to let people know exactly what's going on. So for all the lawyers out there, here you go. The following segment of the Totally Useless Information Podcast may be... Too sultry and too sexy for some listeners. To the rest of you, please keep your hands where we can see them. Nick and Roy are not responsible for any monkey business as a result of this segment. Bomb chicka bow wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll start it off with our brand new segment. It's all about sex. Here we go. 84% of women 
who have sex mm -hmm. say that they do it because they want their guy to do more housework. The chances yes. of getting it on increases the more chores men participate in. That is 100% true. And folks, me and Nick never, ever discuss what we're going to actually talk about. And that was my first thing. <laughs> Wait, hang on one sec. Hang on. Honey, I'm vacuuming. Hang on. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you do last night? <laughs> Bomb chicka bow wow. Yeah, there you have it. So 84% of the women. So out, guys out there, you know what to do. Yeah. Well, get this one, guys. 75% of men orgasm during sex, but only 29% of women do. So I have a little message for you guys. You guys better start learning some new tricks. <laughs> it's not a good ratio. And to those 25% of men that don't orgasm during sex, what the hell are you guys doing wrong? <laughs> well... That's right. Get it on. Get get it on. Get it going. 33% uh, of British women think they can prevent pregnancy by jumping up and down immediately after sex. No. Yes. 33% of British women think so. So, first of all, no, that's not true. Second of all, what that? why would you even think that? Could you imagine living in an apartment building there and... Yeah, boom, boom, boom. You have to scream up there. Yep, you're going to get pregnant anyway, you moron. <laughs> there you go. So that's not true. So please do not follow that advice. I have, that's disturbing enough that English women are hopping around like maniacs. But this is very disturbing to me. Datingdirect.com says women fantasize about 34 times on average, on, in an average workday. 34 times they fantasize about having sex. Oh, okay. So, my wife is at work right now. When she gets home, she's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Heidi Klum all I want. That's right. If she can daydream that percent, what was the percentage again that women daydream at work? No, it's 34 times a day they dream about oh. fantasizing about having sex. And that's not just about one person, that's 34 times a day. Me. I fantasize about, well, I'm monogamous in my fantasies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's no group daydreaming sex. <laughs> Researchers at the university in the Netherlands found that when women wear socks, 80% of the time they're able to reach climax. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whereas only 50% can reach climax without socks. Right. Is that why in the Netherlands they're like, oh, baby, give me a woolly? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What, I, what the, this research doesn't show is what percentage of women who wear socks and sandals if they're able to reach climax. That's what's called birth control. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that gives new meaning to the word. It socks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about socks, baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got, I got another one here. All right. 43% of women, okay, ladies, you're, you're, you're all messed up here. 43% of women think it's cheating when a man fantasizes about Heidi, I'm, excuse me, another woman. <laughs> For example, like Heidi Klum. They think it's cheating to fantasize about another woman. And personally, 
I got to admit, I do too. I think that if, you're sitting, if you're sitting there looking at another woman going, bomb, chicka, bow, bow. <laughs> That's right. Time to bring out the vacuum again. Licorice helps reduce your libido. That's right. Licorice root has the ability to modulate cortisol levels in I your body. It. You love licorice? You love Twizzlers? I, I love black licorice, especially like that, that Scandinavian black licorice. You get a free pair of socks with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, higher cortisol levels inhibit testosterone production, in which it correlates to a lower libido. So, guys... No, what? it doesn't. Nah. <laughs> guys, if you, want, if you want to work with your Twizzler... Cut back on your Twizzlers. That, yeah, that gives you meaning to the word working on your Twizzler. <laughs> All right, I got one here. All right. 37% of men fantasize more about money than sex. So, so women are going to go say blah, 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 because they just do that all the time. And they sound like that. But I have one for the women. Men think the more money we have, the more sex we're going to get. So <laughs> we got to the chase and just fantasize about the money. <laughs> unless, of course, if you're paying for sex, unless, of course, you're paying for sex, then you kill sex. two birds. <laughs> no. What are, you, what are you, Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> if, unless, of course, you're paying for sex. the totally useless information podcast a brand new segment as requested by you the listener oh well, we just came up with it folks he's lying <laughs> speaking of lions animals, 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 crazy animals. on the totally useless information podcast you can reach us anytime Hit us up on the email, tuipodcast at outlook.com. Yeah, that's it. And we are getting a lot of people responding. And thanks to all the folks that are going to our sponsors, uh, BPC Chicken and DeMarlo Salon and Spa in Naples. And, of course, BPC Chicken is in uh, Toronto, Canada. Thank you so much again for going. Um, so I'm, I just wanted to get that in there. Nick, animal segment. Yeah. The Chevrotain is a very small, cute little animal that Aww. looks like a baby deer. Like Aww. a baby deer going... <laughs> no, okay. no. Looks like a baby deer. <laughs> Except for one thing. When it opens its mouth, it has these large fangs. Whoa. So it's this cutesy little baby deer-looking thing, but it has fangs like a, like a vampire bat. No fangs. No thanks. <laughs> dogs and their noses. Sniffing for your dog is like us having to go for a walk with our eyes closed. Dogs have somewhere between 200 million and 1 billion scent receptors compared to our petty 6 million. Wow. So imagine that. So we only have 6 million. Dogs have from 200 million to 1 billion scent receptors. If those adorable wet noses provide our dogs with exceptional insight and information while helping them to trap scent particles and assist them 
in interpreting their world even 40 feet below. That's how sensitive these sensors are. So that's why your dog's noses are always wet and they're always sniffing around. So his nose is nose. Yes, it does. Follow your nose. I'm going to do my teaser. What do baby elephants have in common with human babies? And I thought this one was cool. Babies love to suck their thumbs. Well, baby elephants suck their trunks. Really? Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Which might probably have been better in the sex segment. No, 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 no. Just trunk sucking. That's right. That's all it is. Now, you've done your your, uh, teaser. Here's my teaser. Crabs and their shells. Hermit crabs have soft, exposed abdomens. This leaves them quite vulnerable to predators. So to protect themselves, hermit crabs search for abandoned shells, usually sea snail shells. When they find the one that fits, they tuck themselves inside it to protect themselves and carry it with them wherever they go. So these crab shells are portable. Do you think maybe that they have to pay like overnight fees at like little snail uh, shell RV parks? Crab, no. crab RV parks? You know what it is? It's, it's uh, snail shell B&B. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that may have fit in the sex segment as well. Why? Someone who comes out of... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Do we need to, do we need to play the disclaimer again for the lawyers? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Okay, okay. Thousands of years ago, there were crocodiles, huge crocodiles, that could gallop as fast as horses. Now, I live in Florida, and we have alligators, and alligators are like. The little sister of crocodiles. Crocodiles are even more nasty. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine one running as fast as a horse? There's like no getting away from that. You know? They wear like shirts that have people on them. They go, oh, honey, they say to their crocodile partner, oh, honey, I'm going to go get you a, a human skin bag. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. They have like crocodile races like horse races. And they're off. The race is over and you lose. You lose. (laughs) Goldfish have interesting eyesight. Now, in one of the episodes, we talked about how the attention span of a goldfish is three seconds. In goldfish, the eyesight is highly developed sense. By the way, the attention span of a goldfish is three seconds. What did you say? The eyesight, it, what? Did you say something? Yeah, the the, uh, attention span... Oh, yeah, of a goldfish is three seconds. <laughs> okay, in goldfish, the eyesight is highly developed sense. It's thought to be superior to humans. In fact, goldfish are the only members of the animal kingdom that can see both infrared and ultraviolet light. Whoa. Cool. So the next time you see goldfish with sunglasses, you'll understand. Animal. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And I'm hungry. So, You're Nick, always. tell me tell yeah. me about BPC chicken. You're always hungry. BPC, the best Portuguese chicken in the Toronto area. Now, you might say, I'm listening to you from elsewhere. But it's okay. If you have family or friends 
that live in the Toronto area in Etobicoke or Mississauga, they serve those people too. Now, here's the thing. Even if you don't have family members or friends, go to Toronto, go to 942 The Queensway and visit BPC. It is truly the best Portuguese chicken. It's in their name. They are a family-run business. They're really, really friendly. Their staff is amazing. They know everything about Portuguese chicken. They have amazing sides like rice and potatoes and traditional custard tarts. They make their, mm -hmm. on their own in their own kitchens. It's absolutely delicious. Now, Roy had a piece of chicken. Nick, Nick brought me a chicken down. Nick was down in Florida for the holidays, getting away from the cold up there. Mm -hmm. And we had a great time. And Nick brought me a damn chicken. It was... <laughs> It, listen, it, the next day we heated it up. It was great. It's great, folks. BPC chicken is on the money. I'll tell you this, though. So I have a confession to make. I actually had two pieces of BPC chicken. So when I went to the customs officer at the border, they asked me what I had to declare. I told them. He took one bite of the chicken, and he confiscated one. Not because I broke any, any laws or anything. It's because it was so good that the custom officer took one of the BPC chickens. Yes. I only take one at a time. I must confiscate this one. And then he's <laughs> licking his fingers. Greedy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a great family special Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They're uh, just uh, give them a call. 416. He wouldn't even get in trouble for that in Canada because they'd bring chicken in and then the judge would taste the chicken and he'd say, how could the guy resist but eat the damn chicken? Next scenario, you have like a jury of 12, of, of 12 members of our peers and they're all like having Portuguese chicken. 416-255-7177. 416-255-7177. BPC, the best Portuguese chicken slinging chickens since 2010. Where expressions come from? I don't know where, I don't know where. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, expressions, tightening your belt. You need to tighten your belt. Mm. Especially after you've eaten a lot of chicken. But to tighten your belt means to sacrifice and lower your standard of living because you have less money than you did before. This saying comes from the Depression era when there was little money for anything, including food. So people had to tighten their belts in order to keep their pants from falling. If you have less money, you'll buy less food, eat less, lose weight, and have tighten to tighten your belt. your belt. There you go. Wow. That is a good one. See, now you know, folks that are listening now, somebody's going to take that and say, hey, did you know? And that's when you need to send us an email hold your horses nick <laughs> okay i will i'm holding on to them right now okay hold your horses means to slow down and to rethink what you're doing but when i somebody had actually asked about this when i looked it up it is actually a saying that was coined by homer the famous uh greek writer of the iliad and the odyssey but it was in homer's iliad where he tells the person to hold their horses, meaning slow down. And of course, like a lot of things from the Iliad, it, it gets coined and people begin to use it. So, a, a cool fact. Not Homer from The Simpsons. No, not Homer Simpson. Don't! <laughs> How about we clear the air? Clear the air. Uh, to clear the air means to clear any misunderstandings between two or more people. The phrase literally refers to the sun and winds clearing the air of dust and clouds after a storm. So in the figurative sense, 
It has been in use since 1380 to clear the air. How about this one? Now, now some expressions are common sense type expressions, but when you really think about them, my grandmother used to say to me, stop doing, she used to say, hold your horses. No, she used to say, stop doing what you're doing. Stop running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Well, running around like a chicken or running around like a chicken with its head cut off is because they actually do. When they were decapitated in the butcher shop, they'd put them on the butcher block, whack their heads off and then drop the chicken down and it would run around into walls and everything because it didn't have a head to see where the hell it was going. But of course it ran around aimlessly for, I, I guess, a minute or two before it, it, it croaked. All right, so okay, I, I guess um, that is true to the expression. So it's not like a variation of chickens literally were running around with their heads cut off, okay. Sure. The headless chicken. Like the headless horseman, but the headless chicken. Headless chicken. Because maybe exactly. they weren't. Man. Headless horse man wouldn't be chicken man. But I thought we were talking about BPC chicken. So I oh, figured chicken was a good subject. Okay, fine. <laughs> good job. Good job. So as long as you're on the straight and narrow. Straight mm -hmm. and narrow. No, it's not what people think. It's not straightening and narrow. You misheard it. It's on the straight and narrow. The phrase comes from the Bible. You do the Ten Commandments music. <laughs> the phrase comes from the Bible and describes the path to heaven. Matthew seven fourteen, to be exact. Broad is the way that is the path of destruction, but narrow is the gate, and straight is the way which leadeth to the house of God. Straight well, and that's narrow. a really nice saying, though, if you think about it. Yeah, on the straight and narrow. Broad is, is the pretty much easy path. The path of destruction. Yeah, the path of destruction is broad, but the path to heaven is narrow. That's nice. It this makes it a little tough to get there, but it's nice, you know. <laughs> Take an Uber. <laughs> you know what? So instead of stairway to heaven, it's an Uber to heaven. Yeah, I mean, when right, when so the Uber driver does something wrong, you don't get a ticket in the backseat. He gets the ticket, so let him go to hell. <laughs> Okay, I got one. Monkey business. You've heard the expression, hey, you guys are involved in monkey business, meaning you're doing something crazy and nutty and out of the ordinary. Well, the expression, again, it's one of those expressions. If you ever go to a zoo and see a whole pack of monkeys, you'll realize that they're doing crazy crap, swinging into each other, going nuts, and basically aimlessly doing nonsensical things. So the expression is... Monkey business. I like that, especially if they're flinging all kinds of stuff. Where do expressions come from? I don't know where, I don't know where. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Look, I'm going to open up the mailbag. What's in the mailbag today? That's a letter anyway. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? So dramatic on the Totally Useless Information Podcast. TUI Podcast at Outlook.com. Stephen from Hartford, Connecticut says or asks Hi, Nick and Roy. Love your podcast. I love club sandwiches. I read somewhere that the club sandwich is an acronym for chicken and lettuce under bacon. Is this true? Answer, 
No, the club sandwich is not an acronym at all for chicken and lettuce under bacon or anything else for that matter. Club sandwiches are so-called because they were first made in a club. They were widely reported that the name originated in the men's dining and social clubs in New York and most commonly mentioned in the Saratoga Club in Saratoga, New York. So that club does itself claim to be the originator of the club sandwich. So the club sandwich is not an acronym. It came from the Saratoga Club in Saratoga, New York. Ah, cool. Well, okay, I got one. And again, another one that, that's food-oriented. Okay. Charlotte from Long Island, New York. Okay. <clears throat> so we got the New Yorkers going here. Yeah. Charlotte from Long Island, New York, writes this really nice thing about both of us. And she says, are you Roy from the Astor restaurant in the Bronx? Yes, I sent it back an email. She says she used to love going there and eating. And we had the best tomato sauce, she said. We had the, the best chicken parmesan and spaghetti and, and so on. And then she realized that you're Nick that also worked at the Astor restaurant and went crazy yeah. uh, explaining yeah. uh, you know, how she knew both of us. So Charlotte, uh, congratulations. You know absolutely no famous people. <laughs> That's right. You do know us. Right. <laughs> but Charlotte said about the sauce and how much she loved the sauce. So Charlotte, and she said it was the best sauce because there was no acid. It had no acid flavoring, so on and so forth. So I'm going to give everybody the secret to getting the perfect sauce with no acid or bitter garlic taste. A lot of times when you cook the onions and the garlic, You'll sear them a little bit too much. You'll get that little bitter aftertaste. And the acidic quality can be knocked down by just chopping up some fresh parsley. It has to be fresh, not dried up parsley. Fresh parsley. Chop it up. Add it to your sauce right at the end when it's when it's simmering. And that will pull the acidic and the burnt garlic flavors out of your pasta sauce. And it will taste wonderful. So thank you, Charlotte. And yes, we know you too. Thank you. Yes, that's right. We do know you, Charlotte. And you know what? Because of that, that was quite useful. So let me just dust this off. The sounder we play when there's useful information. Hang on. Let me just brush it off. <laughs> oh, this thing is dusty. <laughs> and that was... What's in the mailbag? What's in the Let's go way back on the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Happened today history. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. What happens tomorrow is history. There's another shot, Anderson, right in. He scores! It's a masterpiece, yeah. a work of art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally useless information podcast. We're talking about history. Okay. Turkeys. We all knew from one of the episodes that Benjamin Franklin wanted the turkey to be the bird of America instead of the eagle. How could he think that? But turkeys were once worshipped as gods. Oh. They were thought of 
by the Mayan people to be gods. And then we, of course, came to um, the continent and ate them all in November. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that? Instead of eating turkey, how about let them eat cake? Let them eat cake. Well, here's the thing. So people believe that it was Marie Antoinette who came up with that, let them eat cake. But here's a bit of history here. A version this of this expression quote. and history at the same time? Two in one. It's like a bonus. It's like this, this, this piece of useless information was so good, it covered two segments. Folks, it's a BOGO. It's a BOGO, right. Let him eat cake. A version of this quote originally, but is that buy one, get one free? That's it. They're getting one free here. A version of this quote originally came from the autobiography who mentioned that a princess saying it would have been attributed to Marie Antoinette. But at the time that Rousseau, this author, recalled hearing it, Marie Antoinette would have been just 14 years old and living in Austria, making it highly unlikely that she, the princess, would be the one that said this. So no, she did not say, let him eat cake. Wow, that's cool. Did you know that the Olympics, which has been going on for hundreds of years, Thousands the Olympics, even. yeah, actually thousands if you consider the Greek Olympics. But org the organized Olympics has been going on for hundreds of years. And the Olympics actually awarded medals for art, sculpture, painting, and music. And then it was stopped. And, of course, they went to sports and kept just the sports. But originally on, there was not just sports. There were arts, sculpture, painting, and music awards given. And there was over 100 awards given on record so within the modern olympics there were a hundred awards given for those those categories and the gold medal goes to the violinist from czechoslovakia <laughs> space travel was proposed in the 17th century so you thought space travel was a modern concept but it turns out the english theologian john wilkins was kicking the idea around in the 1600s in his books he suggested that flying chariots would take men to the moon, which he believed were inhabited by other beings that could prove to be great trade partners. This is what he thought. Though there were a few blind spots in his plan, he believed that the astronauts wouldn't need any special equipment to breathe because they would just get used to the pure air in the sky. So, sorry, Mr. Wilkins, your, <laughs> your space travel idea flopped. I got news from Mr. Wilkins. I don't believe we went to the moon. <laughs> As we allegedly said in our intro here, one small step for man. Yeah, yeah. Napoleon. We all know the guy. He's got his hand in his shirt. Napoleon Bonaparte was attacked by a group of bunnies. This is true. The man from Waterloo was actually attacked by bunnies. Little, cute furry bunny rabbits. Mm. He organized this bunny hunt with a whole bunch of his friends, and they had crates and crates of bunnies. They released them all at the same time, and rather than run in the opposite direction, they all began to run towards Bonaparte and his friends. Thousands of them attacked the group. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought I was the only one who lost my hair. What does Saturday Night Fever... <laughs> What does Saturday Night Fever, Star Wars have in common? <laughs> they were both huge box office hits in 1977, all right? Oh, 
Here's something else that happened in 1977. France, and we all know how you love the French, they stopped using the guillotine in 1977. And deodorant. No. <laughs> so we think that this beheading French instrument was something. The Frenchman will be like, yes, but we invented the perfume. That's right. Isn't that ironic? The stinkiest people on the planet allegedly invented perfume. You know how we have a saying, cover your tracks? Well, they have yeah. a saying, cover your, cover your pits. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to this piece of history. So we Rubble, think of the... One more time. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to use this guillotine on you. We think of this beheading instrument as something from the medieval times, but the French were using it up until 1977. The last person to be executed by guillotine was a Tunisian agricultural worker, Hamida Jandoubi, convicted of kidnapping, torture, and the murder of a woman. He lost his head on February 24th, 1977. Wow. In 1977, they still used the guillotine. That's right. Could you imagine the guy's defense, though? Where he's sitting, sitting there with his lawyer, and he turns around and he says, I don't know why I did it. I guess I just lost my head. <laughs> Off with your head. I guess every day is a history. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've, we've come to that part of the show. And talk about the Marlowe Salon and Spa in Naples. Now, Nick was down here in Florida, and oh, Nick yeah. and his yeah. lovely wife, he had a chance to go to DeMarlo Salon and Spa, one of our mm -hmm. sponsors, mm -hmm. and they had a pedicure and they had massages and they, they had a whole spa day. What, how was it? It was absolutely wonderful. Now, my feet were soft and beautiful for weeks. Honest yeah. to goodness. It was really, really nice. It was a great experience. The staff were really friendly. And, uh, and you know what? I did not feel uncomfortable at all. Like they took care of me and then the spa was really relaxing. And my wife had a great time. She had her, her feet done as well, and she had a, quite a relaxing massage. It was absolutely delightful experience at DeMarlo's. Well, DeMarlo's Salon and Spa in Naples, Florida, they're located on the corner of Vanderbilt Beach Road and Collier Boulevard. You can call them at 239-793-2020, 239-793-2020. You can also look them up on uh, demarlosalon.com. So just go to demarlosalon.com. If you're coming down from Canada, you snowbirds, you definitely want to make appointments at DeMarlo's for your hair, your skin, massage, nails. They do everything. They have a retail product section there. They'll even send stuff to you in Canada on the off-season when you're back up there. I mean, they are amazing. Their staff is wonderful. Everything they do is top quality. Again, massage, skin care, hair, nails, the Marlow Salon and Spa. We can't say enough about them. They're great. And that's all the time that we have for this episode of the Totally Useless Information Podcast. But we will have more for you next time, we promise. So in the meantime, tell a friend about the trend and, and... Tell us what podcast platforms you're listening to, because we're on just about every one of them. Podcast at Outlook.com is our email address. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.